Phil, are you old enough to have watched Cheech and Chong movies? <laughs> yes, I am. They were at the peak of their highness, I guess, in the 1970s. I was probably in middle school, and th- those were the cool, funny movies to watch. Up in smoke, like their van was on fire, I think. And it turned into one giant doobie. Watch Cheech and Chong travel to Mexico to pick up the world's first van made entirely of marijuana. Is that a joint, man? Getting pulled over by the cops, man. What? What's I don't have a license. You don't have a license? Sure. You don't have a license. Things get even higher when the world's only grass van starts smoking on its own. Chong says all the wrong things to the cops and haywire ensues. It was all in fun, but... <laughs> Today's guest on Center Stage with Milford and Hands, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics, is the absolute opposite of the Cheech and Chong pothead cliche, and yet Senator-elect Melissa Agard is pushing, now this will be the fifth legislative session in a row, she's pushing legalization of marijuana. You could say she's obsessed with marijuana, but not smoking it. Not only did she not inhale like Bill Clinton, she says she never tried this stuff. She's a single mom raising four boys, and she is the face of legalizing marijuana in Wisconsin. We're going to find out why on today's Center Stage with Milford and Hands, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor at the newspaper. Scott's not here, man. No, Phil, I said, I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. Scott's at the office. I'm at home, man. Oh, dude, you're not understanding. It's me. I'm Scott. I'm no, 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 introducing. Not, I told you, Scott's not here. We're not working together. We're social distancing, man. I'm introducing the podcast, Phil. You just got to say who hey, you are. I got a podcast. I'm on a podcast. Just say who you are. I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist, the Wisconsin State Journal, man. And we are half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. Or not the higher half, though. <laughs> Just to be clear, and, and maybe my memory of the Cheech and Chong movies are a little bit fuzzier than yours are, Scott, but I believe that was in one of the... Uh, Why would they be fuzzy? I don't know. That was one of the famous bits from their first movie. Dave's not here, man. How weird were those coming out in the 70s? I mean, that was just like, you know, stick it to the man all the way. You gotta love it. I have a question, too, because my kids got into that 70s show... And it appears there was a character on there modeled after Chong. No, it was Chong. It was Tommy Chong. It was him. Yeah. All right. Now, Tommy Chong, is he didn't go as far as Cheech, as Cheech Marin did. He didn't get the Disney money that Cheech did. But, uh, <laughs> but Tommy Chong, he's been on TV from time to time. For instance, he was on the first season of The Masked Singer. So there is a lot of money in marijuana, and that's one of the issues we're going to talk about today with... Senator Agar. A lot of people know her as Representative Sargent. She was she was in the Assembly for a long time, and now she's using her maiden name again, which is Agar. Senator Agar was born and raised in Madison, went to East High School in UW-Madison. She represented the 48th Assembly District for four terms before easily winning a state Senate seat in District 16 this fall. Senator Agard, welcome to Center Stage with Milford and Hans. Thank you. Today we're gonna we want to talk about your marijuana bill, the State Journal. For years now, we have endorsed the decriminalization of marijuana. I believe a Sunday ago was the first time we have called specifically for legalization. What prompted our editorial more than anything was that New Jersey, Arizona, Montana, South Dakota. 
couple of those are red states, overwhelmingly approved recreational marijuana. We're now up to 15 states. When is Wisconsin going to legalize marijuana? When is your bill going to pass? Well, we do know that the only place that this is a partisan issue was in the Capitol building here in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, across our nation. And in fact, all across the state of Wisconsin, regardless of who it is that you vote for, for president or governor, um, the vast majority of the people do support legalizing cannabis for adult recreational purposes. And uh, the trend lines are pretty dramatic. It's not a gentle trend line at this point anymore. And really the bottom line is we're not talking about something that folks aren't using or something that's not part of our society. Uh, This is already being consumed. It's being manufactured and distributed across the state of Wisconsin, across our nation, and in fact, across our globe. And it's past time for Wisconsin's elected officials to take this conversation very seriously. More and more of my colleagues are signing on in support. And it was very exciting during the last gubernatorial race where it was a major topic amongst gubernatorial candidates. And then again, this fall, it was a major topic amongst presidential candidates as well as state legislative candidates here in the state of Wisconsin. Wisconsin is clearly an island of prohibition. When you look at Minnesota, who has legalized for medicinal purposes and is committed to legalizing for adult recreational purposes, Michigan and Illinois, both adult recreational purposes. And we know that prohibition did not work with alcohol. It didn't work with margarine either. I think there were people that drove across the borders from Wisconsin. Let's get this done. It's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when it's going to happen and what it looks like when we do pass the bill. There's this giant retail store down in South Beloit, Illinois, right across the border from Beloit. It's specifically there to get people from Wisconsin to come down. It's only 55 miles from Madison down the interstate. They're doing a whole bunch of business. There's also a store that will now have the ability to open in Menominee, right across from Marinette, Wisconsin, in northeastern Wisconsin. So the stores are coming around us. One of the things that's happening is our citizens are going there to buy it, and then they're paying the taxes to other states when they buy it. Does that in of itself help push this forward in Wisconsin or not? Well, I certainly would hope that the economic benefits of legalizing would be seen as a positive impact on the state of Wisconsin. It's like an onion. There's so many reasons why it's right to be legalizing cannabis in Wisconsin. We're the worst state when it comes to racial disparities in the nation. And I realize that legalizing cannabis isn't going to erase all of the ills and the harms and address all the racial disparities, but it'll make a major impact in uh, the racial disparities in our state and in the criminal justice system. Additionally, as you pointed out, our tax dollars are going to other states to invest in those states' infrastructure and those states' values. We're losing that money as it goes across state lines. We know that if we would legalize cannabis in Wisconsin um, for adult recreational purposes, that we would be bringing in over 10,000 good family-sustaining jobs, hundreds of millions of dollars of tax revenue that would be coming into the state of Wisconsin, as well as billions of dollars of economic stimulus coming into the state of Wisconsin, all without any taxpayer dollars in order to make it happen. In fact, we would save tax dollars through our criminal justice system and through our human services departments. We would be able to ensure that our kids were getting adequate information as far as what cannabis does to themselves and their systems and to our society. And that's just the tip of the iceberg as to why it is that we should be legalizing. The first person 
that was sold cannabis down in South Beloit was a Wisconsinite. These businesses are intentionally placing their shops right on the borders because they know, as we do, that people in Wisconsin are using cannabis and there are people that really want to know that the cannabis that they are getting has been manufactured, distributed in a way that the product is predictable, that it, it doesn't have mold in it, it doesn't have pesticides in it, that it, it's not born from the black market, that it's safe for them to purchase it. There is some evidence that young people, when their brains are developing, they shouldn't be smoking marijuana. There is evidence that people who drive high are dangerous drivers. You acknowledge those points, I assume? I acknowledge the fact that cannabis isn't without side effects. Certainly, people are already driving impaired, whether they're driving impaired with their cell phones or prescription drugs or the lack of sleep. Alcohol is a real problem in the state of Wisconsin. We're not prohibiting alcohol use in the state of Wisconsin because of the amount of drunk driving accidents that are occurring. So we absolutely need to address impaired driving in the state of Wisconsin. And we also need to address youth usage. When you look at states that have legalized cannabis, they have actually been able to have positive impacts on impaired driving and positive impacts on youth usage. Kids are pretty smart. I got a, got a number of them that I share a house with. And if we can be honest with them about what it is that they're needing adequate amount of sleep, that they need healthy food, that they need exercise, that they shouldn't have their phones in front of their faces all the time. They get that and their behavior changes. But right now in the United States, when you look at where cannabis is classified, and this is a federal issue, not something I can fix, fix in the state, where it is classified in the other substances on that same classification with it, uh, it's a joke. People don't die from the use of cannabis. So we need to be honest with our kids and with ourselves as a society. And if we can have pragmatic, common sense legislation that sets those parameters, we will see a healthier and safer society for our kids and everyone around us. Does your bill put the age limit at 18 or 21? In the current piece of legislation, it's at 21 because that's where we are with alcohol consumption. It's a conversation that I have with myself and many people across the state of Wisconsin on a regular basis. Where is is the right place to put that needle. Um, quite frankly, our kids' bodies are still developing. Their brains are still developing until they're 26 years old. It's important for us to realize that we are trying to help folks make the best decisions for themselves in the long run. And that's why we landed on, on 21. I wouldn't have a temper tantrum if it was amended to 18. Even though I'm a, I'm a big Grateful Dead fan, I don't know a whole lot about marijuana legislation and policy. But one of the problems is, isn't it that the, the CDC doesn't study it very much because it is classified like heroin and other really horrible, hard drugs, as they, as they say. So there's a lot more to learn about what cannabis does to bodies, but we're not allowed to study it. Isn't that correct? That is. And certainly that is something that I really wish that our president-elect and his administration would address that would be able to allow universities and scientists across the United States to actually be able to study this plant. Now, Phil, it is important that we realize that there are other countries who have amazing scientists and researchers 
who are able to study this plant. So it's not like a black hole or a Pandora's box. We do know some about this. I do think that Wisconsin, with our world-renowned universities, with our history in agriculture and farming, with our commitment to, to medicine and research, that if that national prohibition of studying this plant were lifted, that we would also see economic benefits as well as scientific discoveries here in the state of Wisconsin. What do you tell your kids about marijuana? I tell my kids the same thing that I say in the bill. Ultimately, you know, I I really hope this isn't something that you all are doing, that you need to be taking care of yourselves and that I am trying to legalize it so that when you are of age, it is something that you can decide to partake in if if that is your choice. How far did the previous four bills that you introduced in four previous legislative sessions, what's the farthest you got? Did you ever get to a vote or a public hearing or nothing? A press conference? (laughs) So we've had um, the amount of people in the legislature that have signed on as sponsors has grown every session that we've introduced it. The one-on-one conversations with my colleagues in the Capitol building have gotten more exciting. There is a lot more support from people on both sides of the aisle. I unfortunately have not had the ability to have a public hearing on this bill, an official public hearing on the bill. And that means that we haven't had the ability to have a vote. But certainly based on the phone calls, the emails, the letters, the messages that I get from people all over the state of Wisconsin, they are excited about this policy change. And I have learned so much from people who have reached out to me over the years about why it is that cannabis prohibition in Wisconsin is very dangerous and that actually legalizing cannabis in Wisconsin will make us a safer society. But with all these other states that are surrounding us, ahead of us in this game, if you're involved in manufacturing, distributing, growing, and you've got a setup that is working well in Illinois or Michigan or Minnesota, are you going to build another shop in Wisconsin when it's literally 60 miles away from the border? Some people may say yes, but I, I do think that the longer that we wait on this, the more it is that our economy does not benefit. You've occasionally had a Republican on the bill, correct? I have not had a Republican on the full legalization bill. We have had Republicans that have supported medicinal cannabis, and we have had Republicans who have been very outspoken about hemp policy in Wisconsin. I do have Republicans, though not permission to share their names, that we have had conversations and they would support the bill if I was able to get it to committee. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma has approved it. Oklahoma's about as red as you could get, it would seem like there'd be some Republicans, even if it's just uh, the libertarian ones that would live and let live, that we're grown-ups, we can decide for ourselves whether to use this or not, the same as alcohol. We talked to several libertarian-leaning Republicans in the election this year who supported legalizing marijuana. They didn't win, but, you know, (laughs) they're... And they were mostly around Dane County, weren't they? Yes. I do think that a big part of this conversation is what does the bill look like? The more people that are at the table to be part of that conversation, I think the more likely that the bill moves forward. I do want to make sure that our law enforcement officers are safe. I want to make sure that our kids are safe. I want to make sure that people who have experienced using cannabis for medicinal purposes do have access to the plant that provides them with medical relief. I want to make sure that we are doing it in a way that 
will address our racial disparities and inequities across the state of Wisconsin. And I want to do it in a way that we are prioritizing Wisconsin businesses and Wisconsin farmers. And in the eight years that I have been embarked on this journey and having these conversations with folks, I believe that we have a very strong piece of legislation. Is it perfect? No. But the more people that are at the table, the more people that are working together, the more perfect it will be for the state of Wisconsin. Do you have all the Democrats on your side or do you have convincing to do with Democrats too? In fact, there are some Democrats that have not signed on to the legislation. What I have heard from them is it's not my political priority to be a lead on this. Get it to the floor and I will vote for it. There are lots of red states that have legalized marijuana for recreational purposes, but how many of those have done it via referendum versus legislations passing it? If we had referendums in Wisconsin, I imagine it would pass pretty easily, but we have to get through legislature first. It would have passed already. We've had it on the ballot on non-binding referendums across the state of Wisconsin. I mean, overwhelmingly in red communities and blue communities across Wisconsin, people say the prohibition of cannabis is not working for them and they would like us to, to take steps forward to legalize. It used to be said that it is impossible to legalize cannabis through legislative action. The majority of the states that have legalized have done it, as you pointed out, through binding referendums that have been put on the ballot by the people of those states. Illinois, however, did uh, pass their legalization through legislative action. And I believe that there are a few other states since then that have gotten very close, if not have crossed that finish line. So that's another point in favor of the fact that the people do support this policy. Why is it that politicians are afraid of it? Do they suffer from reefer madness? Do they have misinformation? Um, Do they feel like they have more control without passing it? Probably depending on who you're talking, it could be any of those answers. But the people of Wisconsin overwhelmingly agree that the most dangerous thing about cannabis in our state is that it is illegal. And it is past time that we have common sense, pragmatic conversations about passing this bill um, to help move Wisconsin forward. How much would you tax it? It seems to me there was an issue in California where they had taxed it too high such that a new black market developed where people were selling it so they could avoid the tax because the tax was so was too high. I think other states haven't really had as much of an issue with the black market developing to bypass the tax. Where would you put the tax at? The bill as currently written would impose a 10% excise tax on cannabis retailers. The retail tax would result in an additional excise tax revenue of we're anticipating about between 65 and $70 million on an annual basis in Wisconsin. Additionally to the excise tax, retailers would collect the 5% sales tax from consumers as their general sales tax collection at the market. That sales tax collection is expected to bring in between 30 and $40 million on an annual basis in Wisconsin. And then there would be the fees that people would pay to enter the industry, whether you're growing, manufacturing, distributing, and we anticipate that to be about $600,000 on an annual basis. So at the end of the day, we're not talking about a small amount of money. In addition, the economic stimulus from businesses coming into the state of Wisconsin, the construction workers, the electrical workers, the HVAC workers who would be putting together facilities and taking care of those facilities. 
as well as all the other jobs as part of the industry. We're looking at 10,000 or more jobs um, in the industry, as well as additional jobs to support the industry in the state of Wisconsin. And when we look at the wages that people are paid to do those jobs, they are family-sustaining jobs. Many of them are union jobs. And as far as a person going to a retail outlet to buy some marijuana, you'd pay the 5% sales tax, and then you'd pay a little bit more, just like you do on beer, wine, or alcohol, but it, it wouldn't be that much. That's correct. Most of the tax revenue comes from the retailers who are making money selling the marijuana on an excise tax, correct? That is correct. And we've tried, we have looked at different models in other states and attempted to put together the model that would be the most palatable, that would have the most impact on decreasing the black market in the state of Wisconsin. Here's a fun fact for you. Yeah. Um, predicted that in 2025, legal cannabis sales will earn as much as $23 billion, with a B, dollars in the United States alone. I guess people like their marijuana. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> in this legislation, the most recent version of the legislation, anyone who has a nonviolent cannabis-related offense would be eligible for expungement. If there are people that are sitting in our jails and prisons, simply for non-violent cannabis-related offenses, there would be a path for release for them as well. It is very important to me that we are doing this in a way to really shine daylight on the fact that cannabis is something that folks are using across the state of Wisconsin, pulling that veil back and allowing access to the industry. Do we have an estimate on how many people are sitting in Wisconsin jails and prisons with nonviolent marijuana offenses? That's very difficult information to get, but we do know that you know, because oftentimes folks will be stopped for the smell or for possession. And then there's other offenses that are added on. And what is it? Cart or the horse that came first. So there's not a lot of people that are simply, that's the only reason why they are in, in jail and prison. But it's oftentimes the reason why the dominoes have started to fall that way. Have you spoken to Republicans to see if there's a way you could change your bill or steer the money to some place that would make them feel better about it. Tax cuts for manufacturers, Scott. Well, I was actually kind of thinking maybe something like, you know, some of the money goes to law enforcement. So we save money on law enforcement by using some of this money for law enforcement. Have you been able to engage them at all and try to get them to make some suggestions or it just, is it a non-starter? What I have been told is that it is not a political priority for them. So they're really pretty lukewarm in having those conversations with me. They do realize that this is the direction that the world is going in and it's going to happen. And I continue to be very hopeful that my legislative colleagues are willing to sit down with me. However, I will be really clear about the fact that the bill as drafted has changed every session based on conversations that I've had with folks who are excited about this industry, who are afraid of this industry. And really making sure that we are weaving all that together in order to make the best policy possible. And many of those people are Republicans that I have talked to in drafting this legislation. Bottom line is, this is a bipartisan bill. It has been drafted by people of many different political backgrounds and political leanings. I and mean, it's past time for my colleagues in the Capitol building to 
become part of that conversation. I have a track record of getting legislation passed in a bipartisan manner on many different topics. And uh, I I wouldn't treat this any different. I, I really do look forward to working with my colleagues in order to make sure that we have the strongest, most positive piece of legislation for the state of Wisconsin. Because the bottom line is, whether it's a Republican district or a Democratic district, the folks in those communities are using cannabis. The folks in those communities see great benefit to legalizing cannabis. It would seem that uh, there'd be an agricultural argument for rural areas. There absolutely is. So Wisconsin is losing a really unfortunate number of family farms on a regular basis. And that is part of our heritage. You know, when people think about Wisconsin, they think about our agricultural history. And I have worked with a number of farmers in Wisconsin on this piece of legislation. In fact, at my last press conference where I unveiled the most recent version of the bill, um, I had a farmer, a a more conservative-leaning farmer, came and spoke at the press conference about why it is that he supports this legislation. And we're in continual contact. He knows that not only would this be good for him and his family, but it would be good for his community and it would be good for his industry as well. If you had to predict... When do you think this will become legal in Wisconsin? Is it going to be legalized nationwide first? So you're asking me to look into a crystal ball. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Yes. That's always a very dangerous thing to do. You know, when I first put the bill out about seven years ago, I said I thought about 10 years. You give or take a session there. That would bring us to, you know, between three and five years um, from now. And I do think that there is a really like large likelihood that it gets legalized at a national level before it gets legalized in the state of Wisconsin based on the hyper-partisanness that our state is. The fact that we are seem to be in a situation where we can't put aside in the Capitol building the different letters besides our name and take up policy that people across the state again, regardless of where it is that they live or who they vote for for president or governor, the people of Wisconsin want. This is one of them. And it would be nothing but good for the state of Wisconsin to legalize cannabis. One of the things that's nice about having you lead the charge is you you don't seem like a pothead at all. We've often joked that, yeah, Erpenbach or Poe can, that makes a lot of sense, but... <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that you don't fit the Cheech and Chong cliche. What is your interest in this? How did you get interested in it? Are you a fan of marijuana? So I'm I'm not a pothead. It isn't part of my daily culture. But I, you know, I am a public servant who very much believes in making myself available to the people whom I represent. And whether it was when I was campaigning for office for the legislature, my very first session, or providing my ability through listening sessions and office hours, answering the phone and talking to people, it was amazing to me how many people were reaching out to me early in my first term and sharing stories about how the prohibition of cannabis had harmed them or someone who they loved. The mother who reached out to share the story of her daughter who suffers from Rett syndrome and how other kids in other states that have access to cannabis who suffer from breaths have a very different quality of life. The father who reached out and said that his son lost his scholarship to the university and lost their ability to have access to housing because now they had a cannabis-related offense next to their name. The young family who reached out to me and said they couldn't gain access to 
affordable, safe housing for their family because landlords were able to refuse them access to, to housing because of cannabis-related offenses. The Black veteran who couldn't have access to the medicine that makes the biggest difference in his life because of PTSD. The young person who was walking down the street that was profiled for having cannabis and they didn't even have any on them. It was simply because of the way they looked, because of the color of their skin that they were stopped. The stories go on and on. I have, I have hundreds of them. And it became really clear to me that the most dangerous thing about cannabis in Wisconsin is that it's illegal. And I needed to bring together these people's stories as well as the stories that we must hear about people who are afraid of cannabis legalization. They have, they have real concerns about the history of addiction within their families and the need to address, address youth usage and to address impaired driving and making sure that we're taking those concerns into consideration as well. And by doing that, I very much have tried earnestly to weave together legislation that addresses the ills and the harms of cannabis prohibition in Wisconsin, as well as how to make sure that we are ensuring the most safety for the people in our communities as well. Yeah, I mean, it used to be a gotcha question in the 90s. You'd ask a politician, have you smoked marijuana? And then it was Bill Clinton, I think, that said, well, you didn't inhale. But Senator Agar, I mean, you have I assume you've smoked marijuana in the past, and you, as a result, have decided that this really isn't a harmful drug. I have not smoked cannabis. Really? Okay. And she didn't even inhale. No. If it becomes legal here, would you try? I imagine that I would. Okay. Maybe if COVID goes away, maybe I'll take a trip down to South Beloit. (laughs) The Senate Democrats back in the Act 10 days, they used to stay in Rockford, I think, not in South Beloit. Just pop, skip, and a jump away. Yeah, you might get a a discount there at the hotel. There's a Democratic senator discounted just out of the border. Phil, you were my first political cartoon, so you will forever be on the wall of my office. I believe it was about marijuana, too. It was. <laughs> what was it? I can't remember. I had recently introduced the bill, and Walker also had put out legislation that would make it harder for people to have access to food stamps. And Phil did a piece that kind of mixed those two together. I think I had you telling Walker, what has he been smoking or something like that? <laughs> it's possible. It's at my capital in a box waiting to move to a new office. Oh, good. All right. We'll put it right behind your desk. (laughs) (laughs) Our theme music is by Tube Tester.